You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. So uh, welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. Uh, uh, on this episode, we're joined by uh, Dublin's very own uh, Noel McKay. Welcome to the show, bud. Cheers, mate. How's it going? Good, 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 good. I really appreciate you doing this, man. No, but uh... normally when we start out, we just do a couple of like easy questions just to get you into the flow of things. So uh, what's the first pair of football boots you remember owning? Jesus. I think either they were... Uh... I think they were a pair of Umbros that Michael Owen wore. Nice. Uh, I grew up a big uh, big Liverpool fan and uh, around that time Michael Owen I think kind of burst on the scene and he was wearing them Umbros and I was I think I remember uh, you know hounding my dad for a pair and I must have looking back now I must have killed him because my dad supports everything. <laughs> Jeez, he must be loving Rafa at the uh, going there at the moment, huh? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. He's talking too much about it. I think he doesn't mind, you know. He knows. I think my dad's sensible enough to know that he's a he's a good a good manager, and you know all that people saying this and that about him. He's a man who has to earn a living at the end of the day, isn't he? Yeah, that's it exactly. I uh, I just love the fact that they put a sign up uh, outside a house saying we know where you live, and it was the wrong house. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most Liverpool thing of all time. Uh, so, uh-huh. what's the, what's your uh, what's your favorite cheat meal? Favorite cheat meal, probably probably tacos. I'd say uh, it's a couple of nice taco spots around Louisville, so I like to go to the damn yeah. But if I had the choice, though, uh, it'd be like my mass Sunday dinner. I haven't had that in, in a long time, but that'd be. If you, if you could give me a cheat meal right now, like it'd be me ma's like Sunday dinner. But tacos on the other hand would be the the other one. So uh, when was the last time you were home? Uh, uh, I think I think two thousand and seventeen. Christmas two thousand seventeen, I think. Jesus, that's a long time without a uh, Sunday dinner, man. Jesus. Uh yeah, yeah the, like the my last time was 2019. So, yeah, and I was supposed to go home last year, but then obviously the pandemic's like fucked everything up. So, yeah, I was me and, me and the missus, we usually like alternate Christmases and that. And then uh, I was supposed to go home at Christmas and the pandemic hit. Well, actually, I was supposed to go home at Christmas. And then uh, my second uh, kid was born in December, close to Christmas. So, that kind of put that them plans there. Uh, <laughs> On holes, then I was, and then obviously once I have her in, I had her in December, and then the season will start in January. The pre-season started in the January, so it was impossible. Then I was planning, okay, I'll do it in Christmas 2020, and then that was just route off. Yeah, I, I just, I just, we just had twins, so me, uh, me mom and my sisters are like are going crazy to meet them. I don't, and... I don't say just, just had two twins. Like two was hard. <laughs> I don't know where, with six of us, you know, I was like. <laughs> Oh, no, I have, oh, I'm pulling my hair out with two. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. It's like they're, they're three weeks old. And uh, yeah, I'm surprised that me and the wife are still together, to be honest. So uh, <laughs> um, so uh, is is Coco still your favorite Pixar movie? Yeah. Uh, to, this, to this day, it's... Love it. It's the <laughs> best one. And I've watched, I obviously watched them all. The little fella's force. I was mad into them. Just watched that new Luca one there. 
and he's actually named Lucas, so he, he was blame Ray. He couldn't get over the fact that the like, that the film was named Lucas as well, so he was he just couldn't get over it. It was amazing, he was, but he loved it. But now, Coco is still my favorite one of all time. So, you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, what's your uh, favorite away stadium? Um, favorite away stadium in USL is um, probably Tampa Bay, and it's not like a I don't think it's a particularly like great stadium, it's an old baseball stadium, but just the location. Uh, on the ha- on the harbour, I think uh, it's and the hotel you put you in is literally like next door, so you don't have to get a bus to the stadium. You just walk across the street into the stadium, which is nice. So for both you know convenience and like the little uh, peer walk you can do in the morning before the game, uh, I would say Tampa is probably the best, uh, the nicest one. Nice. Um, so just getting into things. So um, can you just tell us, like, as people can hear, you've got like a way ticker accent to me. So uh, where in Dublin are you from? Um, what kind of got you into football in the first place? Uh, I grew up in uh, Rings End until I was about six or seven and then moved across the river to East Wall. Lived there another like seven or eight years and then moved out to Ratout uh, when I was like 15 or 16. And, I, and then I was in Ratout. Mean, my dad moved out there, so I moved out them. I lived there for three years and then came out here. But yeah, I grew up in, in I'd say Rings Rings End and East was kind of where obviously I ran the game. My brothers and all were my brother was out playing in the flats and all and just kicking the ball against the Prammers and stuff. And that that's like my earliest probably memories of, of football would be going down and trying to like Join him, my brother. We were seven years older than me, so it was, you can imagine if my earliest memories. I don't know how old I must have been trying to trying to get a kick about with my brother. So he, like, they didn't really happen, but I always scores them for a game. So I'd always had a football around, and that's kind of the that's kind of my earliest memories of growing up, and that's where I learned to love it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, my, my sister's from. Uh, my sister lives in Russell Avenue in East Wall, so. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful part of the world. So, um, so, so you cut you you left school and you kind of did a, a football course at Skolida. Um, so what was what was that football course? What did it entail and what was it like? And how did it help you like become a professional? Yeah, so I was I was actually working just in my uncle's factory at the time, and I had a friend who was in the course, uh, and he had just started, so he wasn't long in it, and he was telling me about it, just the like, guys enjoying it, this and that, and then. Uh, towards the end, it kind of started to get real serious when you were you were preparing to go over to America to play a few games and that hopefully get themselves scouted and that they can get a scholarship. So I ended up like sitting down and having a much you know proper conversation about the whole thing and I decided to like, you know throw me a name and that so you can like, get in and luckily I did and basically it's just train every day playing football kind of give you the mirror what it's like in, in America in a in a college and like yeah you do your classes then we'd have like classes in the in the afternoons I think at Colossia you do like a trying to like build up your SAT scores and stuff so you, when you do your entrance exams to, to get into American universities and colleges it, it was kind of like that and yeah it was one of the, to be honest it was one of the, the best years I had I had a great laugh there and um a lot of the lads I, I uh, yeah, went to school with there for that year 
came out to America and I actually still talked to a lot of them. Uh, like Shane Keeley, uh, Al McCann, they're both up in uh, well, they were at Legend for a long time. Now they're up in uh, New Jersey, I think, with the Northeasterners. Uh, I can't remember the full name of the, the team and stuff like that. But yeah, look, I've made great relationships that's lasted, you know, 10, 10 plus years now. So it was a great year. I loved it. Coaches, Jim and Danny were great and it was it was an enjoyable time playing football every day, getting the little bit of work done as well on the side, and then yeah, just end goal trying to you know not walking <laughs> <laughs> really, you know, trying, like, trying put that trying put that bit of life, bit of life off for the next uh, year or however long I can can manage, you know. So like what? So so the, the whole. Purpose of the of the, the the course was to get you into a school in America. I, I didn't. Really, I, I thought it was like something that was to get you onto like bows or rovers or something. That was all basically. Uh, it was more geared towards yeah the the college scholarship uh, system, and then if there was lads you know who didn't really want that either, so it also left the door open to them to then go into you know, uh, you know school in Ireland to do pursue like a. Uh, you know, fitness management or so, so one of them degrees that you can that you can do and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a PLC course uh, that you can do in between. So yeah, but the goal for me, you have to talk to my mate who the previous year done it and then he was just left to go over to uh, I think it was a school in Buffalo. So talking to him, my end goal was from from the beginning trying to uh, try and get get abroad. So, so did you get scouted down by the school? It was a young Harris, I think you went to, right? So, like, did you get yeah. scouted, did you get scouted by them, or because you got a scholarship, right? Like, like yeah. Even... So I went at the, the same kind of end of year thing in class. You go to Memphis, play a lot of games, and a bunch of like coaches, managers will come and and watch it and see, you know, what the what they think and stuff like that. And, uh, Cause I actually done foundation maths in my leaving stage, I was actually ineligible. Uh, to play NCAA college football, so I was I was only left. Now he found that this out like near the end, and I would have had to do like a junior college or an NAI school, which would have been a different different route and stuff like that. So it was one of them things. I was emailing loads of coaches, and they were interested and liked how I played and stuff. But then with the not being eligible, it was like, oh, nothing we can do type thing, you know, and then, I think by chance, uh, young Harris, Mark McKeever, who's, who's still there, he actually went to school in Memphis, so he was well familiar with the program, uh, Clarsha Eden and stuff like that, so he knew about it from his time in Memphis, and from all the years Clarsha Eden was down there, and then, uh, by chance, young Harris had just been, uh, taken from junior college and they were going to be uh, NCAA Division 2 school uh, on the 1st of August like of that year you know so there was that little window I think that I was able to like sign technically under junior college status but then was able to play like in like an NCAA school and yeah so it was I had like a, a few skills, like interest and stuff, and 
from you know, much bigger cities and stuff and bigger skills. And then Young Harris was the last one. 800 students, tiny little school in the middle of nowhere, North Georgia. And that was that was wow. it. But I've nothing really else. I'm not I'm not able to go anywhere else. So I was like, this is it. Let's do it. So that that's incredible. Like that's like the luckiest thing I've ever heard, man. Like, and that's I think that's a lot of the stories you hear. Like, like of any kind of professional, it's like you always need that little bit of look along the way yeah. to kind of give you a, a dig out. So, like, what what obviously, like, I was talking to Aaron Malloy, who plays for Forward Madison last week, and he went to Penn State, and he was like, the facilities there were comparable to like a Premier League team. He said they were f- fantastic. What were in the NCAA Division Two school? What was the facilities like there? And now they wouldn't be as uh, as as good as you know the yeah, Penn State said Division One schools and stuff. Uh, but the facility was still very 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 good. The pitches we played on the the training pitch and the the match pitch were immaculate. Like to this to this day, the the match like the game pitch we played on at, at Young Harris the first two years was probably the best pitch I've ever played on. Wow. I don't know. I don't know what the groundskeepers did. He didn't uh, grow. He didn't uh, study grass like uh, Aaron, Aaron's uh, groundskeepers or nothing like that. He just I don't know. He just kept it. It was, it was incredible. So like for two years, the uh, I played in that, and then he put he got another sport lacrosse. So he dug it up and and put uh, astroturf, which is a real shame. But uh, we still had like you know. Pretty decent facilities for the the size of the school. We had everything, you know. If we needed a massage, we could get a massage because there wasn't that many, uh, you know, students at the school. Like, you know, wasn't that many uh, athletes and so, so you could get like that stuff. And um, but they having like dedicated, um, you know, nutritionists or or something like that was. Um, we didn't have that available to us, but in general. Coming from from Ireland, you know, it was a significant, uh, you know, step up. It felt uh, like a professional setup. That like that's the thing. Like people people back home, like I've had this conversation so many times with people that like we're kind of snobby towards North American football. Like we kind of like we think back to the MLS in the nineties when it was all kind of like they tried to make everything North American, but like they've they take it very seriously. Like I mean, like at Young Harris, like, I mean, like, how serious do they take their football and, like, and, like, the players you're playing against are not just, like, blow-ins. Like, these are, like, proper, like, athletes. Like, I, I just, just boggles my mind that people at home just think that this is, like, just a fuck around here in North America when it's very yeah. serious. Yeah, and to be fair, I think I, I, I taught the same way as well growing up, you know, and up until I got probably into Clarsha either where I was around that talk of, American football more than uh, I ever was uh, growing up is when I learned like you know these are lads who are being like you know got to the age of eighteen and were released from from big clubs from everywhere you know not just like your your Liverpool's you know West Ham but also like big Bundesliga teams like we had lads on their team it was let go from Bayern Munich academy when he aged out uh, West Ham. Uh, Leicester, you know, these it's no joke, you know, and yeah, the standard was was good. 
obviously like you, you you want to make a career of football and all that kind of stuff but like at, at what stage like because you're very successful yourself personally at young harris like at what stage did you realize yourself that actually i can actually make a career out of being a professional footballer and not have to fall back on my degree as such i think when i signed a contract probably <laughs> like nice <laughs> There's, there's so much in my head, like thinking. I'm sure when you talk to Aaron, he's, he's like your international slots are, are tough to come by. Uh, you're always thinking that as well, you know. Is will, will will someone take a gamble on the lad coming out of school from from uh, abroad rather than get somebody who maybe lives another Irish fella, but who's played in the league for. You know, three or four years, we has actually. It, it doesn't. There's loads of questions going on in your head, and you just think like maybe you can get lucky. Like I, after school and stuff, I had trials. I went to Richmond. Was asked to go there. They liked me, wanted to look at me. Went there, thought I'd done really well, and was just told, you know, not not where I look, not what we're looking for type thing. So it's like, you know, there's so much gets in your head. Like, was it that they're not what I'm looking for, or was it? They don't have an international spot available. They don't want to do that, blah, blah, blah. And then thankfully, I think when I signed with Louisville, I was thinking, okay, now we, now your foot's in the door. You can you can give a good whack now. So just with Louisville, like when you started out, like you just uh, you just moved into new facilities and stuff like that. Like, but it was a day one franchise pretty much when you when you started. So what was the what was the franchise like when you started and like compared to what it is now? Yeah, so I remember uh, when I moved up, it was like a six six and a half hour uh, drive up. Me and the missus made it and moved into the the apartment. He put us in. It was nice you now, but then it was in like February. I think it was the end of January, and then moved in on like a Saturday. So I had Sunday by myself, and then Monday we were starting uh, preseason. Jeez. <laughs> Moved in, uh, and then for on Sunday, that Sunday it snowed all day. So it was like about 13 inches of snow. They won pre-season. Then like James was like James O'Connor, the manager at the time, was like, like we're still like gonna do something. So we came over to the the apartment complex, the gym, small little gym, and just burnt us for like an hour. I was I was like, jeez, I'm in bits here. Like day one. And I like obviously prepared myself as best like and talk. It was only later on I realized like that even like the lads who were experienced, like it was just like that. Yeah, that was not not normal. So you know, so but the facilities themselves were, yeah, they they weren't great at all. To be honest, like they they, they secured land from the the city to make a training like a. Uh, Two training pitches, but the, the weather. I was think by the time they got them, the weather had turned like so. They weren't in great nick at all, so they were, weren't usable. So we went to like this indoor facility for about, let's say, it was so cold as well. So the snow didn't melt. We were in this this little tiny like indoor facility. It was like just what you play with your mates, uh, five aside. You know, that's what it, that's what it was. It was like indoor for like six. I want, to say, I want to say like six weeks. It was ages. I remember just ages. And then the weather kind of cleared up. Air pitch wasn't any use because it was covered in snow and still getting uh, getting work done on it. 
So then we went to like this high schools uh, pitches, but it was the Astro. So we had gone on the Astro, and then we got were able to use that grass pitch for a little bit. Got onto airs, I think a little so long. Got onto airs like a couple of weeks before the season started. I say so. It was like facilities weren't great, and then first home game we were in it like. The, they renovated like this part of the baseball stadium downtown where we were uh, out of getting changed and stuff. And that's what that's what we do the dailies, just to renovate the baseball stadium there for like a few years. And then just gradually over time, it kind of built up. Um, okay, the pitches got slowly got better. Uh, just the, the, the all-around professionalism just kind of gradually was was getting getting much much better and then obviously we heard talk of this a stadium was going to be built but you never really like the stadium we have now and then and they say it originally I remember thinking back like oh it's going to be just like a, a pop up ones like metal like you know it could I'm be a decent it'll still be like a like a high school stadium type thing so to see like what it is now like I'm just blown away by it like and then straight away immediately they were like okay stadium's done let's get the training and I'm like jeez like this wow. like not messing up not messing around here and then now that literally the state the complex just opened we were just in there on Monday for the first time and it's just it's unbelievable like the, the what they've done in such a short a relatively short amount of time you know from going from Nothing in 2015 to, you know, 60, $70 million stadium and a $15 million training complex for both the men and the women. And it's incredible. Like, going in the morning, full, like, breakfast, canteen for us all to go in there and eat before we start getting dressed and doing activation work and head, before we head out to the pitch, come back in, get your, your lunch. And then, you know, everything... Incredible, honestly, incredible. The growth to see and to be obviously to be here since day one and to see it, it's 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 incredible to be a part of the, the the journey in a small way, you know. So, like with all that kind of investment that they're putting into the into the team, like do you think the MLS is the ultimate goal for the city? Is that is that what they want? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so, to be honest. Um, like expansion fees are so expensive. I think Charlotte paid four hundred million, maybe yeah. over the last. I just don't. I don't see. It. I think they have a great product here. I think the fans are great. Um, stadium's great. It's a, it's a great like night to just to take somebody. You know, I've I've been to the women's games with with my family. It's enjoyable. The stadium's beautiful. It's just a whole. I think it's a great product that we have, and I don't know if they. I don't know if that's what they want. Maybe they just want to be, you know, the the best. At whatever they are, if they're in, you know, USL, let's be the best in USL. If some by chance to go somewhere else, be the best there. But I think just in general, I think the uh, it'll be a shot up the arm of every other like, team around the league that this is the way it should be. This is the way like, the league should be grown. So hopefully, in seven years, there might be you know six or seven other teams who. Uh, are on that level and it'll just build up the foundations again of the football in general in the country, you know? So, so like for um, the, the city itself, like I said, like there's a, a pretty hardcore fan base and, and all, like 
is there a big football culture in the city? Like, do you think that was there already? Or like, are people just like jumping on board with the club? Because it's, it's been hugely successful since it started, right? So, yeah, I think a bit of both, to be honest. I think uh, the team is here because of a large group of fans that were here. And they used to just, you know, watch all, used to meet at the pub I heard and down at Molly Malone's. They used to just all meet there on a Saturday, watch games in their jerseys, show up, have a laugh, created a bond, group of big group of friends. And then uh, Wayne Astopinal, he was the, the kind of the man behind the vision. He saw this huge group of people who loved football and was like, well, why don't we bring a team here, you know? So, and then, you know, once we do get the team here, we have like a, a core, like group, a group of fans. We start winning games, we start winning trophies, then it just kind of like brings everyone else kind of in. And that's how we've, we've been, we've been successful in, on, on both sides of it as well. So that's been great having, you know, full, full, full set of fans with us now last couple of games. So you've been, as you mentioned there, you've been there like since day one. Uh, like you're the only player left from the the, the first uh, squad. So do you feel like a a sense of responsibility? We know when new players are coming in and all that kind of stuff to kind of let them know, like that what what the club's about, the like the the standards and and all that kind of stuff. Do you feel a bit of responsibility yourself that way? Yeah, there is a there is a responsibility. Like if you're an outsider just coming in. You know, if you were just dropped in, in, in America, in the USA, and say, here, pick a team. This is, pick a team, any team. This is, you know, where they play. This is where they train. Like, Louisville would be top of the list because you know, the stadium's immaculate. The training facilities are immaculate. But it wasn't always like that, you know. It took a lot of hard work to get to get there. And, you know, that's expected to continue. It doesn't... It doesn't matter like that. You're just you're just now, and I think like a lot of the lads in general, just they're just a humble, humble group of lads who just come in, do their job, work, head home, back in the next day, do it all again. <laughs> so I think uh, yeah, it is important to remind everyone that you know we don't get anywhere without hard work. It's like that in, in whatever you do. If you want to be successful, you know you need to put the work in, you need to put the hours in, and you don't just flick a switch and magically get get things handed to you. You need to work hard in order to take them. So, like, for, like from day one, like the, the the club's been like really successful. Like you've won two USL cups, uh, you've a bunch of uh, Eastern Conference championships and, and and stuff like that. Like, so is that just from the coaches themselves, just coaching the the, the players, or is it the scouting the players are bringing in? Like, what what do you think is the like? It's it's unheralded like how successful you've been in the space like like that five six years. Yeah, I think honestly, I think uh, it's every it's everything. It's a collection of everything. I think uh, first like we've always had you know very good coaches. You know James O'Connor was here, uh, Irish Irish fella, great great manager. Um, he done a great job at bringing in like like not just good players, but he really like talked to me about and I was. Yeah, you know, as I got got a bit more experience, he was like let me in. I was like, yeah, I done a real like looked at the players a lot. You know, not just the the, the person more than the the player at most times. So 
uh, bringing in the right type of character into into the change room is is massively important, and that's even true to this day. That's something that's carried on from James to to John Hackworth now with Danny. Uh, it's it's having good people around you because you, you it's like you, I'm sure it's like that. And if you if you if you like the lad next to you, and if you know him well, you're willing to do that little bit more for them. And it, it's just like that. That's just the way it is. So I think having good coaches, good people, and good players, just it just helps. So uh, you mentioned John there. John left in April, and and Danny took over. Danny's like still the interim coach. So, yeah. uh, so so has he just continued on John's philosophy, or does he have a different style himself or what the way he does stuff? Thankfully, now we've had all the all the coaches from James to to John now to Danny. They have, if they have their own like little different like uh, characteristics, but the main thing, the main principles haven't really changed. You know, we play football the right way. We we press hard. We possess the ball. We make teams run. You know, something that we all like, we enjoy watching. If we if, like if we are watching on the telly, that's how we want to. That's how we want to try and play. It doesn't always work that way, but it, that's the way we try to play. High press, possession orientated. And, go from there so thankfully we haven't like moved you know far off that spectrum at all they all have the little little bits and how do you want like like to do things whether it's like a different press here and there or different like different uh block the press stuff like that uh, but they all have little different things but the f- major philosophies are, are the same and that's as players that's great you know that there's not too much change and we still play the nice kind of style that we enjoy watching from you know Premier League to, to Euros, whatever we're watching. Did did uh, did Danny ever show you the episode of the reality TV show he was on? He didn't. I heard about it. I, was, I don't know where. The... I heard about it, but I, like I didn't. I wasn't able to find the clip, but I I heard about it. Oh god, there was a TV show. I don't know if you remember. It's called MTV Made. So it was like it was like somebody who was like. They, they try and make them appear as something they're not. So there was this geeky kid who wanted to pretend to be a, like a, a football player. So Danny went in to help him and give him tips to to, make, to pass off as being a, a football player. So uh, if I find the clip, man, I'll definitely send it over to you. Definitely <laughs> do. Oh, God. Uh, so... Um, this, this season, just just to go to this season, uh, it's, it's gone pretty well. You're second in the the conference uh, with a game in hand. Um, on a personal level, like how's it gone for yourself? It's gone. It's it's gone. I think as a team, we've dominated like most games we played in. Even the, the two, I think the two games we lost, we you know dominated them games as well. So to be honest, I think this team has. Another couple of gears to go to go through before you, you see the real, like the best of us, you know. So we've been playing well. Uh, some games we've been uh, you now clinical up top and then leaky at the back. Some some games we've been uh, you know solid at the back and you know not taking chances up the front. So we haven't really put full for me a, a full like ninety minutes in. I don't think, and I don't think we're too far off it. I just think we're we we'll tune up a couple of things and then we'll reach them uh, 
the next next levels. So I think it's been good so far. The, the principles are there. It's just a little few uh, ticks off off our best, I'd say. But the signs are good. Uh, you know, we're, we're up there. And I think we have a couple of gears uh, still still to go. Um, personally, yeah, it looks to chip in with a bit more goals, feel more assists. But uh, as long as the team is winning, I don't really uh, don't really care. You're you're second on the all time assist list, so you're not doing too bad. Uh, how how, uh, how how easy does it make it when you're playing with somebody like Cameron Lancaster? Yeah, it makes it, it makes it very easy. Uh, with he's he's different. He's uh, very different than anyone anyone we played with. He uh, his movement is great, and he just hits the ball like. Like now, when I'm saying the way he hits it, it's it's different. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a sports fan, so like I uh, I'm a big fan of his. I saw uh, the goal he scored there a couple of weeks ago with the from the corner, like different class, man. Like it's all down, it's all down to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was shy. He was shy until he got to Louisville, but you know. <laughs> no joke, like we uh, like we have obviously our set plays and all drawn up during the week, so. I'm obviously uh, on a lot of set pieces, corners and stuff like that. So when we went to Tulsa, it was like a baseball pitch converted to a football pitch and it was quite narrow. And I always go over to the corner flags anyway, just to kind of have a look. And when I walked over there, I was like, this is a bit like narrow. You can go for goal here. And I was like, well, if I can go for goal here, Cam can go for goal here. <laughs> so I walked back into the changing room after the warm. was like, Talked to Danny and Cam. I was like, I think you should just go for goal here. And he was like, All right, let's try it. The first one. And like a minute into the game, we got a first corner and he just hit it. Oh, oh man. Technique was unreal. So, so I love the fact that like he's done something really special and you're trying to take all the credit for it. But the best part of that goal and I actually had to change my position because when he takes corner, I'm, I'm back. But I was talking to Paolo, the captain. And he was in the box, you know. He's trying to get his head on things. And he, <laughs> he was saying, like, his marker when he uh, the ball went in, his marker was shouting, ah, that's over. <laughs> like, he thinks it's going out and just hits the post and goes in. And Paolo's looking, like, no, it's not. <laughs> he was like, ah, it was comical. Love it, love it. I, 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 I was watching the game. It's great. Like uh, for anybody who wants to watch USL, whether it's back in Ireland or whatever, like the games are all on YouTube. It's fantastic. I can watch. Like I'm here in Canada, and I can watch all the games. Like whenever I want to, it's, uh, it's, it's fantastic. Like USL League One and all the USL championships, like just free on YouTube. So, so it's been kind of nice. Like I, 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 like so for yourself, like you know, like you're you just turned thirty. If I'm mm-hmm. correct, yeah. Um, so. You're not going to be. You don't play forever, unfortunately. So, so do you think that you want to, like, bring the family back to to Ireland, or are you settled in the states and that's where you're kind of going to make your life? Like, what what do you think is? Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm pretty settled here, to be honest. Like, uh, I just bought a house not so long ago as well, and just uh, I hear too many like horror stories back home trying to buy a house, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Lifestyle over here is great, and obviously you can't uh, 
you can't play forever, unfortunately, but um, there's a lot of opportunities uh, to stay within the game, more so than, than back home. I think if I was coaching back home, I'd be limited to trying to get into the League of Ireland or something. I don't know, I don't know how... Uh, I've never played in the League of Ireland, so I don't know the structure well. I don't know the the ins and outs at all. But over here, I know that it's not just limited to I have a bunch of experience in this league, obviously. And then there's the college system. So there's a there's a good living to be made over here. And the standard of living is great as well. And obviously, I have two two small kids, as you know, to, to look after. And yeah, I think... Unless now you never, obviously you never know. I, I love Ireland and it's it's me home. It'll always be me home, but it's just sometimes it's not it's not possible. Sometimes it's just not feasible to go back. And right as of right now, I don't think it's a it wouldn't be a smart move for me to to go back and try and buy a house or stuff like that. Two kids can't be down to me mass box room. <laughs> Yeah, it's like like we we kind of left uh, Ireland at the same time. We moved to Canada in 2010, and like obviously the economy was shit, and it was a good time yeah. to. And my, my wife's from here, so it was a good time to leave. And I'm in the same boat. It's like I, I just I bought a house here, and I, I hear the horror stories from back home. And unfortunately, like they've just made it impossible to be able to, to move back home. But it's really sad. Like this, yeah, and I, I that around that time, 2008, 9, 10, 11, There's so many. Uh, the same stories like I a lot of friends who went you know the other side down Australia New Zealand some to Canada some to America it's a lot of talent a lot of smart people just leaving taking their talent somewhere else because the the people in power have made it impossible for them to 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 live yeah it's definitely hard and like you know like um, as you said like I I don't think I'd want to move back to me as a Box room either to be perfectly honest with you. So, so um, are, are you? Do you think you're going to do like your your badges, like like your? Because as you said, I mean, like the League of Ireland is like it's 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 a definitely. A, it seems like it's a kind of a who you know kind of thing, though. But you're, if you're going to do your coaching badges, would you do them in the states or would you go to your way for pro license kind of way about? Yeah, so I started doing. You know, I completely look. I think the National C license here did uh, just this January. Um, I done that in the off season here. The the US soccer have like a program with the league, so they tend to offer some some good places for for a number of number of players in the MLS and USL who, who are looking to get in and and do them. So I, I have me see already. So yeah, I think the the natural progression will just keep moving up the ladder and. And get into the coaching, the coaching world. But as of right now, just it's the game we all love and play it as long as I can. That's the that's the goal. Thankfully, I'm still, you know, up there on the list. Of, you know, distance covered, all that sort of stuff. So I'm still still life in the old dog yet, you know. <laughs> Well, like I mean, like Richie Ryan's what, like 35, 36, and he's running around the desert 90 minutes. Yeah, so, so I think you've got a I think you've got a few years left, man. I'm not trying to write you off yet. Don't don't worry about it. I look, at, <laughs> I look at I look at him since in and and then 
outside El Paso and stuff like that. So yeah, he's he's look at him if he can do it and touch wood. Hopefully, I can uh, we can take a bit of that inspiration as well and hopefully keep playing till I'm his age as well. Yeah, like I, I mean, like the, the great thing about the USL uh, is that like they're not afraid to bring Irish lads over. There's quite a good few Irish lads playing stateside, and it's great to see that like the door just doesn't shut with a trial in England and like like playing with Shamrock Rovers or Pats or Bows and like getting shown the door. So you know you, you're definitely like people at home should look at you and see what you've been able to do like with not be like not playing for one of those kind of bigger clubs and like using your talent to the to the maximum. So like you're you're a great success story for anybody who's uh, back at home who's thinking about what they want to do with their life. So uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. It's been great. But before I let you go, we always do like one kind of final thing. So you're going to play in a five-side tournament from the players you've played with. Who makes your team? Wow. Uh, well, I've play, played a lot of tournaments five-side and I'll tell you, you don't win out without a goalkeeper. So forget, uh, forget what Aaron said. You don't win out without a goalkeeper, <laughs> especially, especially with small and small-sided goals. So I'll go with uh, Greg Ranjitsing. Uh He'll be my goalkeeper. He uh, is at Philadelphia Union now, but I played with him for for three or four years uh, at Louisville. Nice. Yeah, very good goalkeeper, very good shot stopper, super athletic. Uh, like a cat he was. So in small goals, I think he'll gobble stuff up. Centre-back, I'll go with uh, Paco, Paco Craig. Played with him as well. Could Was dominant in the air, but his feet were, were sick as well. Could play in midfield if you want, if you want him to. He was, he was great, solid. Um, up front, well, Cam will be up there. He was fantastic. He's fantastic. Uh, Ilya Illich. It's funny actually because I played with Illich and uh, Paco in Young Harris and at Louisville, and he both made the five side team. Illich, <laughs> uh, yeah, feet was sick. Great five side player. Uh, play with him. I play with Mag- Magnus Rasmussen. Would be in the midfield as well. He plays for a. He actually plays futsal for Denmark. That's the player you want, man. <laughs> oh, his, yeah, his feet are sick and five sides. So who's that? Greg Magnus Paco Illich Camp. Yeah, there you Boom. go. So, is is there any way we can try and organise in the off season your team against Aaron's team and see what happens? <laughs> there is some some, some last demo together. Yeah, I'll bring you all to Halifax and you uh, here in yeah. Canada, and you can play. Uh, so, thanks a million, man, for giving me so much time. I know you're getting ready for a game tomorrow. It's it's been great talking to you, and it's great hearing from people back home doing well. And yeah, well, I able to you know cure the boredom in the hotel. You know, it was great chat with you. And uh, so, take care, Mister Louisville. Mister Louisville, dude, buddy, appreciate it. Take care, man. You've been listening to the Down the Pub Podcast. Recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.